This is Ashley. And I'm Megan. And you're listening to Our Story for All Souls. Megan, can you even believe that this is this is our first podcast episode? This is for real now. I know. We've had so many people ask us like questions if we were gonna do vlogs or podcasts or things like that. It still feels a little weird and, and mm-hmm. surreal that we're in this moment. What's happening? We're talking about the things. Yeah, and some of those things uh, that have led us to here are the church that we're starting. Although That's a thing. We're starting church. Yeah, although the, the this podcast will not be centered on the church itself, but more of the whys behind it, which will sure. be really cool. You'll get to we'll, we'll get to share those inside uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, callings and mm. pushes and the stories. The stories, yeah, yeah, that led us to the church and to where we are even having a podcast. Oh my gosh. It's kind of crazy. But I'm really excited that we get to do this. This will be good. Yeah, I think I think it'll be good all the way around. Yeah. Well, so we're starting this church, and we've just told everyone that we're starting this church. That this has been in the makings for a long time. I think like at least eight months in like real time, and then sure. we don't even need to count the months of just jokes and yeah. nudges and yeah, it's crazy. But it's so good to finally have this out in the world so that people know. And I love that we're starting this first episode off with these questions that we've been asking other people that are so important to help us figure out why we're even doing this in the first place. Yeah, you know, the, the, what you just described is a lot like my coming out story, so I think <laughs> we'll be a lot better at this than I thought. Man. Oh, boy. I do feel like I'm coming out right now, like, as a minister, after not being in the Christian world for so long, like, this week of announcing the church, like, I'm coming out. Yeah, guys, we, like, pray and stuff. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mind blow. What are people going to think of me? <laughs> oh, boy. I can, like, identify more with you now in this coming out moment, Megan. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll video the closet and the popping out of later. <laughs> Check the Insta stories for that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Okay. We should just jump in. You want to yeah. jump in? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so the first question that we've been talking about with each other and with other people that are interested in maybe joining us for this church adventure has been, what does the word belong mean to you? Which, (laughs) this is a huge question. I love this question. And it's such a central theme for us belonging in church um so it makes total sense for us to start with this one i think yeah and it's the it's the foundation for which we we've built everything off of the word belong and so ashley i think you had the strongest word and kind of like why we've started with the word belong Um, you want to explain a little bit more about what that word means to you Yeah, you know, the first thing I think of at this point in my life, when I think of the word belong, is authenticity. That, like, I have been through so many different things in my life that I just can't be fake anymore. I can't show up not as me. And I think there's no better word to encapsulate that than authenticity. I want to be authentically me when I walk through any door, 
when I sit down with anybody and I feel like I mean I don't know I don't like to say what God does or doesn't want whatever but I don't know I just feel like God wants us to be who we are and that's showing up authentically when we're in community with people that are also worshiping God with us that are talking about God with us like I don't I don't know how else I'd want to come before God other than authentically yeah, you, you hesitated putting God in that, but I think it's totally fair because we were created in the image of God. And mm. if we're not living authentically, if yeah. we're not living into our true selves, well, then we're denying a part of that creation that was God-given. Yeah. And so I think you have to put God into that point of the conversation and how it is God-ordained for us yeah. to live authentically. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we are denying more than we realize if we aren't bringing our authentic selves to everything in life, but especially to church. I just feel like you have to. Yeah. And uh, for me, what ties in perfectly with authenticity is the the thought and concept of vulnerability. Mm. Because it's so vulnerable to be your authentic self. And so to be able to create a space that myself and others can feel it's safe to be authentic we've got a there's got to be a sense of vulnerability as well um and that willingness to let go and to see what can happen when you're able to be in a community and drop those walls and the Mm -hmm. facades that we put on um, and just be who god created you to be i think there's a huge level of vulnerability that comes with that oh absolutely and i think with authenticity and vulnerability then leads to getting a sense of family. And I think that's important to belonging. Um, I think when you are able to be family to each other, then that's when you can show up for each other in good times and in bad. So like when you are open and honest and authentic and vulnerable and let people into the junk of your life, the, the tough stuff that's going on, then you give those people the opportunity to bless you and show up for you and help you get through whatever that thing is. Also, on the good side of that, when you are going through something awesome, you've got great news, you've got a promotion, whatever, then you give people the opportunity to celebrate you and show up for you that way too. I think that's just so important. And the idea of belonging is letting the vulnerability and the authenticity create a family for you to belong to. And actually, I think if anybody on this listening podcast has heard or seen your stories through um, your Instagram and Facebook in the past two years, like we've seen where you've discovered that for yourself too, like where you've, and I think we'll get to hear more of your story in that of how you yourself have discovered what it means to belong, to be authentic, to be vulnerable, and to let people in. Yeah. into that family um, sense that you just spoke of and the sense that like people can handle my shit like people can handle what I'm what I've got going on in my life absolutely and so I think you that really resonates with you just as someone who's watched you over these past two years and mm. and seen you be able to like really delve into what that means and take it personally and it's not just a promise it's a a reality for you yeah I know it's true I could not have gotten through anything that I've been through in my life the past 10 years with my dad dying, with my marriage ending, if I had not 
chosen to let people in and let them show up for me. That it's been huge. It's been huge. Yeah. And I think that's what the great thing, like once we've created that sense of family with the community that we're given, we not only get to be our authentic selves, we not only get to be vulnerable and we, we get to, you know, really create the sense of belonging um, and see what God has in store for us together separately um, in this creation we get to also encounter the scary and the good, which you mentioned. And, mm. and some of that involves uh, delving into our spiritual scars. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and sharing that because that's just the next step. You know, what, what brought you to this moment? And a lot of times it's those scars. And so often as we talk to people about what belonging looks like to them, they have been talking to us about what their spiritual wounds and scars are. Yeah. And that's our, that was the second question that we asked a lot of the people coming to our, our meetings was what their spiritual wounds were. And I hesitate to dive into that just because there is a lot of baggage with spiritual scars and sure. a lot of judgment that can be made um, because everybody experiences their spiritual scars differently. They place the blame um, in different areas. And so it's, again, a vulnerability to, to name these scars. And for me, you know, my biggest spiritual wound in the past 10 years um, centers around my coming out story within the church. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because in that time, I grew closer to God. It's like I realized who I authentically was, and I was ready to live that life. And so suddenly, loving God was free. It was, oh, wow. hey, this is who I am. Like, cool, God. Like, this is what, great. This is what you meant for me to be all along. Yeah. Um, but where I got burned was with the people who weren't quite ready to, to necessarily see or admit or affirm that that was a God created aspect of who I was. Um, and so my spiritual scar is not having a seat at the table. And as it's, as I've grown and I've kind of forced my seat at the table in many ways, still not being always included in the conversation. Mm. The, the most frustrating, um, thorn in my side to this day is when churches who are doing great work of just trying to understand the issues that surround the LGBT community and how they can embrace them better as a church, but they're still getting it so drastically wrong because no one who's in the LGBT community is at the table talking. Right. And they're, they're, they might be invited. I've heard horror stories where they were invited and asked to like kind of just sit to the side or, you know, warn that it might not be for them. And it, again, it's not anyone's place to decide what's right for you or what's right for me. And I know the one thing that like, Oh, I just get my blood roiled up to think about even today is when someone says, well, we were pr- trying to protect you. Oh. And it's like, you never asked. You never right. asked what I was willing to do. Sure. Well, and you've laughed about how one of your spiritual gifts, your best one is your stubbornness. And I think that this is one of the scenarios that it really is a good gift because you have put yourself out there in ways to help the church with this conversation so generously, very graciously, but that has not always been met with a positive outlook whenever you've done that 
and I think you've done a great job at trying to stick with it to not be an example, but to help people process this question well and thoughtfully and with an actual LGBTQ person in mind. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it might not seem like a huge scar on the surface when you say, oh, well, you know, there's other churches that I'll gladly talk to you about this. And it's like, no, but one of these churches is my home church. Mm-hmm. And I know these people well. Yeah. And there was a lot of, like, as I was finishing up my divinity school, there was a lot of issues that surrounded me even being able to graduate on time because I was promised some things by my home church and then they decided for me that I was, that they were going to protect me. And the reality is, is that they weren't ready. And and I don't, yeah. I don't blame them. You've got to be ready to take on the issue or you're going to get, it's just not going to go well because you're going to either, you're going to burn bridges on both sides. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I, I think it is an issue we have to make sure that we're ready to, to tackle when whatever church, um, but it's still, you don't, again, don't pretend like you're protecting me. And it's really hard when those wounds, like you're saying, come from your home church. So the people that like helped raise you and grew up with you and helped shape your spirituality. And then you put yourself out there in such a, again, vulnerable and authentic way. And you weren't met with the reaction that you hoped to be met with. Yeah, and, it, and you had to learn a new reality. I remember I said a lot, especially right after I graduated uh, Divinity School, I said, if I didn't have these three-letter words, or three, this three-letter word attached to the, the front of my name, I would have a job just about anywhere. I would have had recommendations from school, from my home church, from people who I had I'd worked with in organizations. But the moment I came out and was so public with it, mm-hmm. bye. And you know what? I don't want to work in those churches. Yeah. Like I, for you, I don't, I'm not, I'm not mad at them because they weren't hiring me because if you don't want me, I'm, I don't want to hide. I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not or make my girlfriend, my roommate for the sake of my job because that's not helpful to anyone. Sure. Yeah. But it still sucks knowing that what you know so passionately you were called to do seem to be roadblock, 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 just simply because you chose to be authentically you. Yeah. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Well, I feel like for me, my spiritual wounds have come at feeling like my life was too much for people. So my first round of that was um, in 2008, my dad committed suicide. And my family was always super involved in my home church growing up. We lived a block away and we could walk and we were there every time the doors were open. And my dad left a really big mess when he died. Um, And I understand that it was really hard for a lot of people to figure out what to do with us, what to do with my family, what to do with me, my mom, my sister. Um, But I feel like I was let down by the church, not the church itself, people within the church, 
not doing the hard work of trying to figure out how to still care for us and love us well. There were some people that did that. I'm not saying all people didn't know how to do that. Um, but I had just, as a child in my church, also remembered other scenarios where people had had, you know, big life trauma, crazy things happen, and they ended up disappearing because I don't think people knew what to do with them. Um, so I have that wound from the place that raised me, which is really hard. Um, but then following that, there were a couple different churches that I was a part of that I watched just get torn apart and fall apart. Literally, these churches are not in existence today over things that were really important to me and my calling. And that was, you know, gender equality in leadership. Um, they couldn't agree on whether to welcome, affirm, and marry LGBTQ people. And I have always felt like that's part of my calling is to um, champion women in ministry and equality within callings in the church, but then also to be a really good ally um, because I know that even though as a woman I am not necessarily in the position of power in a church, as a straight person I have more voice in a lot of church situations than my LGBTQ brothers and sisters. Um, so I've always taken that really seriously that I can help open doors and help teach people things by being the first one to bust in and then inviting you, like you said, to, to get to be at the table yeah, to providing help. providing that opportunity for a voice. Yeah, yeah, because I know as a woman, I've needed that from men at certain points in my ministry. Um, and so I, I'm in this interesting position to need one and also offer the other um i really love that because it's you know we grew up i think similarly in some ways but in uh, like churches that i always hated the phrase give voice to the voiceless mm. or we had spokespeople for us or like right. or for we were speaking for the community we'd just gone to serve in some third world oh, country yeah oh christians are so bad and at that. yeah mm. and it's like i love what you said is that you could bring them to the table and say hey Look at this person. I think we should ask their opinion because we're talking about them. Right. And you get their voice there because everyone has a voice. And so I think it's important and I I can see some of the angst that it could create in you when you see that not happening. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that's a really strong point that you made that like you aren't, you didn't want to speak for people. You wanted to open doors and give them access that they weren't having. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of like the social reckoning reckoning we're having right now in this country that like when it comes to any kind of group that's not the main group in power, so women, uh, people of color, LGBTQ people, like we're learning that yes, allies are important to help speak for people to a certain point. But then that's where we also need to then get out of the way, invite people to the table, create new spaces, because that is not our experience. So like I can tell people that the ways that I feel like LGBTQ people are can be called and how God loves them like everyone else and created them who they are. I can say all these things all day long, but your storytelling that is more powerful than me being like advocating for you, telling your story for you. Um, so I think that's a big part of our social conversation right now. And I think 
in churches, we always seem to be a little bit behind the main social conversation. So I think that's an important conversation that we should start having within churches too. So recognizing that you mentioned the churches that don't don't exist and them being a big part of this angst and this frustration yeah. spiritually with you, what what was your ultimate tipping point? Um, you know, after the second church fell apart, uh, I checked out from spiritual life for a long time. I let my wounds uh, win for a little bit. <laughs> and I was just really kind of bitter and jaded about it. Um, I didn't feel like there was a place for me in traditional ministry anymore, even though I'd always felt called to it. Um, and so <laughs> it's interesting. Our next question has been, what do we hope for in a church community? And for a long time, I, I mean, you know, I would joke around about, well, I'm just going to start my own church. And it was like a joke. It was something negative. And then <laughs> a year ago, I literally felt God calling me to start a church. And even just saying it that phrase, like I would have been bitter and jaded and made fun of that kind of language for a really long time. But now that's exactly what I feel like God has called me to do, is to start a church. So now I, I think you say, you say it so well that like when we talk about what we hope for in a community, we don't want our scars and our wounds to be the birthplace of that. Like we need to know what those things are, but they don't need to be the foundation of what we're building from here. Like we need to know our stories and then we need to move on from that. Yeah, it's kind of a, we've used the word release them a lot or, mm, yeah. but then you said birth from them. And I was like, well, that kind of gives me an interesting visual of like, it's our wounds should never be our starting point. Yeah. But at the same time, we have to name them. We have to recognize them because even if we're not going to start with our wounds, we are built from them. Oh, they're going to show up. Yeah. And they're going to be a part of who we are. They're going to be a part of us because you can't not carry them. I mean, think of physical scars in your body. I sure. was just looking the other day and I was like, oh, that was from, you know, when I tried to pick up my cat and it bit me or, you know, like just stupid right. scars. And you got serious scars. People have surgery scars. They're never going to go away. Right. And our spiritual wounds are the exact same. You just can't see them. And I think we have to acknowledge them. We have to acknowledge them in each other. Yeah. We have to acknowledge them in our community. And we need to give people a place to voice them. Mm-hmm. But so the, that they can be healed. So that they can be healed yeah. and, and given the freedom to move on from them. Yeah. So that when we reach this point, the word hope, the word hope should never be rooted in despair. It's, mm, yeah. it's it, your, your hope keeps despair behind you. It doesn't, it's not the absence of, it's not replacing, it's not, you know, glossing over because you, you know, like what gets you through tragedy, what gets you through these scars? Hope. So it's always present, but hope doesn't dwell in our wounds. And so I think that's an important note as we move towards what we hope for in church and making it that we've named our scars, but by no means will our church be built out of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, We've talked about that so much, and I think it is such an important thing to keep at the forefront of our mind, is that, yeah, we come into what we do with our stories, and that in order to be our authentic selves in this community that we hope for, it's going to be there. But I think to build something that's healthy, then yeah, we have to 
go past what our, our baggage is for sure. So Megan, when you think about what you hope for in our church community, we've talked about what it means to belong and that we hope for this blending of authenticity and vulnerability and feeling like family. Like what else does that look like for you? I mean, you've named it. Like when I think about community and true community, um, dwelling with the spirit, with God, with one another, there's just everything you just named. There's family, there's authenticity, there's freedom. We're celebrating the good and the bad. We're, we're sitting Shiva with people as they're going through some of their worst moments of their life. Mm-hmm. And we are just raucously praising God for the good things that flow. And we are doing so as we were born to be, as we were created to be, and as we are beautifully made without fear of those scars having to present themselves again because of things that we're doing within our community. Like, because I think if we do those things, if we dwell in God's created um, authenticity for our lives and for our community, the scars will only just continue to be scars yeah. and reminders of how far we've come as opposed to resurfaced angst or hurt or pain because we're together in it and we get to, like I said, sit Shiva, we get to praise, we get to do all those things with our community freely, authentically, vulnerably in this sense of belonging, hope, and family. Yeah. Whenever I think about what do I hope for in a church community, I always think of the phrase that everyone feels like they have a place at the table, which, by the way, this is not a sponsorship, but I love that restaurant here in Raleigh. Good work, Maggie. Proud of you. Um, I, I just... I just would love to see in this world right now um, all kinds of people, meaning different politically, racially, economically, socioeconomically, like everyone sitting at the same table and getting to have really rich discussion and sharing and learning from each other and showing up for each other. And that's really hard. Like I get that that's super (laughs) ideal and almost kind of dreamy and it makes me sometimes roll my eyes like yeah sure that sounds great but how many people are really willing to show up and do that right now Um, but that's just something that I can't help but hope for that we can always keep space for all kinds of people at the table together right and yeah we I mean I was gonna say the same thing you know it sounds oh y'all are being disillusional you're you know, you're you're going into this just with a total utopian dream. Let us live, let us dream. <laughs> but at the same time, is is that not where a church should start? Right. Right. Like we don't we don't wanna name our community in its fullest because then we're defining who can come to our church. Yeah. If we leave the door open and we just list the things that we hope people coming to our church can be and feel and the emotions that we want to bring to those that worship with us, I think that's a much better place to start. And it does sound a little utopian, but I never want to get to the point where I'm wishing for certain people or I'm begging for a demographic because then we're not authentic because we're yeah. just we're, we're trying to be something and we're forcing the issue. And I think starting utopian hey, you know what, like, we're getting responses because of that. And people are really resonating with those ideals. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're going to try to deliver. And we're following 
not our own voice here because I think both of us would have well talked ourselves out of this endeavor if it was up (laughs) to our own voices. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think you have to start in that dreamy utopian, you know, Perf like this. It's just hope. We got to start there. You yeah. got to start there. You do. Well, in uh, talking about what we hope for in community and talking about all this, I think maybe this is a good time to say some of the things that we're going to maybe talk about in the next few episodes. Should we like tease that a little bit? Yeah. Next week we've got a special guest. We do have a special guest. She's going to be week. quizzing us on our girl Hagar. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about that episode. We should probably, my wife would be mad if I didn't put this disclaimer out there that we may potentially annoy some people with our absolute love of Hagar, but we're not going to apologize. No, nope. She's amazing. You should never apologize for something that you like in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, she's in the Bible guys. It's, it's fine. Biblical. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Hagar next week. And then the week following that, we're going to share more about our callings, our yeah. journey to this point as ministers. We just were ministers. Yeah. Yeah. Ministers. We're the ministers of this, this little community yeah. we're building. And we're going to tell y'all how, why, all the juicy details. Maybe not all of them, but most of them. But y'all know how we are. We're going to tell you things. We're going to share. You'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And then for several episodes after that, we've just gotten so many good, thoughtful, awesome questions already from our friends, from our community as we start this church, just about God, prayer, the Bible. Like, we would just love to just talk about those things, which is funny because I don't normally love, like, debating those things whatever but I really love to just talk about that stuff so yeah we're gonna do that too yeah it'll be fun and I think uh the first issue we're gonna tackle is one that both of us have mentioned um here tonight and that's the LGBT in the church and how how do you make uh room for both how are we gonna make room for you Megan (laughs) well I do have the most comfy chair in the room here so Doing well so far. We're doing well so far. Oh, ching. Yeah, well, we hope that you guys check back in and um, hear all the things we have to say. And we hope that you engage with us on this stuff. Like, send us questions. Yeah. Give us your thoughts and your comments on all Yeah, this. we want to hear from you. We're, we're not in this just to hear ourselves talk. This is coming forth with questions and, and things that we've been asked before and that we think are, are valuable and worth sharing. So if you've got a question, we want to know.